welcome back to The Coop with Meyer Hatchery, where we talk all things poultry in hopes of educating crazy chicken keepers and inspiring future flock owners. I'm Kendra. And I'm Jeff. And today we're talking about Kendra's newest poultry type. As I've told you before, I've raised chickens, bantams, ducks, quail, guineas, and turkeys on my homestead. But just this week, I've added a new poultry type. Any guesses? I'll give you a hint. Their call will scare the neighbors at dusk. They like to roost high amongst the trees, and they may just be the most beautiful bird I've raised to date. You want to tell them what it is, Jeff? Peafowl. Can't hear you, Jeff. The most beautiful bird. Well, they're close to the most beautiful bird, peafowl. That is right. And we got a new one. Why? Well, that's not the point of the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) So I went to my local feed store, which is like an Amish feed mill. And I just happened to see a posting up there. (laughs) Of course. Some peafowl for sale. And I took the little number off the sheet and I brought it home, gave it to Rich. And he said it was just a phone number. It didn't say anything else. And he said, what is this? And I said, pea chicks. And he said, peaches. <laughs> and I was like, no, pea chicks. And he kept thinking I was saying peaches. And I was like, yeah, it's a phone number to go pick up some peaches. And so I called the number and I chatted with them a little bit. And we arranged to come and see them because like any good sale, you need to see where they live. Like that's my number one thing. Yes. Very important. And so I drove over to his house and he had a beautiful setup. Like his coops were immaculate. They put mine to shame. Um, And we went and saw all them. And he has like, I don't even know, hundreds probably. He has so many different varieties and colors and patterns. And he had hatched a bunch. He had two two or three batches of them. Um, And so I got to see all of them. And I got to pick from all of them, which was pretty cool. So I brought my little cardboard box and I only picked two. I have a male and a female, but I'm supposed to be texting him next month to look at a couple more that should be coloring up a little bit better so I can kind of gauge what they'll be in. I might be adding one or two more. We'll see. Yeah, you will. <laughs> You'll be adding. <laughs> so since obtaining these peafowl, I've learned a lot of things and thought I would share a few peafowl facts with you. So the first thing that I thought was really interesting is they're a species of the pheasant family. So they actually say it's okay to raise peafowl and chickens together. You really shouldn't raise peafowl and turkey together because of blackhead disease. Peafowl are really prone to obtaining that as well. Um, but if you have peafowl and pheasants, they can live together. Now, this is a fun fact. So peafowl is like all the peafowl. That's like the mass term. A peacock is a male. A female is a peahen. And babies are called pea chicks, not peaches. (laughs) Pea chicks. And then again, collectively, they are just called peafowl. So if you're ever in the market and you're looking, just know that when you are purchasing a peacock, that is specifically a male. And if you're looking for a female, you're looking for a pea hen. So know the differences. Thankfully, that is one fact I did know going into it. So I didn't look like a complete fool. 
But I did not know that peafowl are not called a flock. Like it's not a flock of peafowl, like a flock of chickens. When they're in a group together, they go by a couple of different names, including bevy, muster, or a party. Jeff, a party of peafowl. (laughs) It's what everybody needs. So now I feel like I have to get more than just two so I can truly have a peafowl party. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not judging. Now, another thing that I thought was interesting is peahens lay three to five eggs and peafowl overall, their average lifespan is 10 to 20 years. That's pretty significant. Most chickens live, can live up to 10 years, but to live 10 to 20 years and they're only laying three to five eggs, usually in the early spring months. And this guy that I purchased mine from, uh, he's raising them specifically to breed out and crossbreed for different color combinations. And so he has chickens too. He also raises a lot of cochins because he uses the cochins to hatch his peafowl eggs. So cochins can become broody. And they say, experts say online and from the guy I purchased it from, that's like one of the best ways to hatch peafowl, which I did not know. But I mean, it makes sense. I mean, anytime you have a broody hatch chicks, it's good. Like I currently have a broody right now with eight chicks. And they just start doing their thing. They're super resilient, super hardy. And there's always a good hatch rate. Now, when I went to look at the peafowl, they're pure white, the chicks, when they hatch. And they don't start coloring up until like around six months. I think mine are about three months old and they're just starting to get their color. Like they're kind of a off-white color and then their necks are starting to color up a little bit. The males don't get those showy trains that everyone's used to seeing until they're about three years old. That's a long time to wait for my peacocks to look like peacocks. They're a long-term investment. They're not just uh, here today and gone tomorrow. Not like meat birds. (laughs) Now, they're most notable for their feathers. And the peacocks' feathers that you're used to seeing are actually called trains, the long ones that fall behind them. And their primary purpose of having those trains is for mating. Now, when they arch those feathers, it can span the entire back of a peacock, and those tail feathers can reach up to six feet long, and they make up 60% of its body. Now, when I'm saying it's 60% of its body, I'm meaning it's like 60% of its length. So they're a rather large bird, but really the majority of that stature is tail feather, which I mean, that's what they're most notable for. So sure, take up 60%. And I thought it was interesting. It takes three years. And I was thinking about it after I read that to a degree because feathers are just protein. So they really are like a high protein bird to be producing feathers that are six feet long. Think of your chickens when they molt. It seems like it takes forever for them to grow back. Imagine them growing six feet long. This is also very interesting. So peacocks, I'll be sure to post a picture in our Facebook page so you can see mine. Mine are about the size of a chicken, a little bit smaller right now. Now, when they do get their full feathers, the peacock will fan it out similar to like a turkey. So if you've raised turkeys, you're familiar. When they fan out and they puff up, they make a very specific noise. It's a real low ruffling noise. It's a really hard noise to describe. If you've ever hunted turkeys or you've raised turkeys, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And peacocks do the same thing. So they'll fan their feathers. And when they shake their tail feathers, it vibrates 26 times a second. And what that does is it creates a pressure wave And that wave 
for a female peacock, a peahen, that wave hits her crest. So when you look at peacocks and peahens, they have this little crest on top of their head. It looks like little alien antennas. And really those are sensors that allow her to feel that vibration. So it's all part of their mating ritual. And that's one way that hens decide whether or not they're going to mate with that peacock. And I thought that was really interesting. I know there's a lot of chickens that have different styles, crests, and of course, all the different combs. But to know that the way they're structured is to feel that vibration of a tail feather, I would have never guessed. Now, the peacock's feathers are so brilliant in color because of their structure. So a lot of people online call them a crystal-like structure, and it's because it reflects different wavelengths of light depending on how they're spaced. So it's very similar to like hummingbirds or butterflies, their wings. It's the same exact thing for a peacock. And peacock feathers are used all the time for jewelry making and accessories and things like that. And I want to make sure it's clear that you don't kill peacocks for their feathers. They naturally shed them every year after mating season. So my aunt and uncle had peacocks growing up and they always had, she had, you know, like that big tall vase always sitting in the corner full of peacock feathers and they would just collect them up out of the yard and put them in that. And so that's how you obtain them for those crafts. So that's what we will eventually do with ours uh, after waiting for three years. (laughs) That's another thing. When we were talking to the guy I purchased them from, the time dedication to peacocks is so great because not only when you're breeding them and you're trying all the different variations of colors and patterns, when you're crossing them, you don't know what you have for at least a year to see their true colors start to feather out. And then once they hit three years, then you're really seeing how brilliant the fan is. So like the process of raising peafowl is tremendous. And so now it makes sense to me why he had so many birds on this property is because you do have to breed out a lot to see what you got. And then I'm sure that's what he was doing was selling the extras to people like me (laughs) who don't know nothing. Now, there are two main colors of peacocks. So this is another fun fact that totally blew my mind. Like I said, he was rattling off all sorts of colors and patterns. The two most common are the India blue, which of course are found in India. It's their national bird. And the green peacock found in Java or Myanmar, known as Burma. So that's where you get the Java green peafowl is typically what they're called. Now, there's also a Congo peacock that inhibits African rainforests. But really, the two most common ones you hear of are the India blue and the Java green. And those are two that we actually sell at Meyer Hatchery as yearling pairs. Now, from there, there are 15 common colors that are available. But then you also have like around six, I want to say six or eight different patterns. So you'll hear terminology like pied or black shouldered or barred, things like that. And that describes the feather pattern of those colors. So my peacocks are actually a green spalding mix. And what is a green spalding mix? (laughs) So I found this really interesting. The India blue and or Java green were bred and it's called spalding. And so since that's happened, there's been various other spaldings, like if you mix different colors. And it was from a lady in California. Her name was Mrs. Spalding. And so that's how they got their name. So mine are a green spalding. So it'd be the India blue and the Java green mixed. That's one parent and the other India blue. So that's what mine are crossed as to produce 
a greater color. The black shouldered are incredibly interesting. And he also had a ton of pied. And the best way I can describe pied, that's kind of the feather pattern, is splotchy. So now I'm just intrigued because there's so many, it's like chickens, you know, so many different colors and varieties. And I started going down the rabbit hole and now who knows where we'll end up. I'm not judging. (laughs) So right now, since they're still young, I am trying to get them used to me. Peacocks are known to be pretty docile, depending on how they're raised, of course. Um, During mating season, they can become a little territorial. But they are wild. They like to free range and they like to roost extremely high. And that's one of the reasons why I avoided purchasing peacocks for so long is because my aunt and uncle had an open barn that was open year round and they would free range during the day. They would sometimes roost like in their walnut trees or whatever trees were around their house. And then in the winter, they went in the barn to find shelter and they kind of just did their own thing. My property, I don't really have large barns. My chicken coop is pretty low. It's probably at the peak, like maybe 12 feet high. I don't know if that's even right. It's a low, it's a low barn. And I wanted to make sure that I had a space that would make sense for them. So that's kind of why I've also started with two, just to test the waters and see how it goes. The guy had kind of like a lean-to, but he leaves it open to his peacocks for shelter in the winter. He said, but they also like to roost in the trees and just tuck their head under and do perfectly fine. So his younger chicks all have separate coops for breeding purposes, but like his big peafowl that are completely grown and out in the wild, they free range over his property and they were literally all over his property. He had a very large pine tree up front and they were, he's like, you'll look up there sometimes and see 20 peacocks roosting up there. I can imagine in winter that that would be gorgeous. With oh, snow sure. on a tree, all this color, mm-hmm. it has to be beautiful. So right now mine are in my coop. Because like I said, I'm trying to get them used to me. His trick, which I found was interesting, hard-boiled eggs. And that's what he said about all his peafowl. He brought out like a bucket of kitchen scraps and tossed out to him. And he's like, as long as you feed them, they'll come back. People are worried about them flying off and things. But I feel like it's like most poultry type. You know, you train them to the coop that this is their home. That's where you start feeding them. I do have a couple chickens in the coop with them just to try to get them used to them. I don't have any turkeys or anything like that with them. And I'm trying to give them the hard boiled eggs and like train them to basically come to me and be friendly. My aunt and uncle had a peahen they called baby. I think they got it from an auction or something. And she loved hot dogs. It would literally come to you to eat hot dogs. And I always thought it was the funniest thing. So that's what I'm trying to mentor mine into, you know, that friendly come to you for some hard boiled eggs. And then I'll probably introduce them to the rest of the flock late next spring. I'm going to keep them separated for winter and really work with them and on them. And then I'll probably introduce them to the rest of the flock and integrate. So I'll probably have to do another episode and update everyone on, you know, the status. But that is what I'm doing. That's my new poultry edition. Jeff is thrilled. I am. I think you're going to really enjoy them. Now, you said you looked at peacocks. Why didn't you do it? I think at the time it was because we had so many already of so many other stuff. We had ducks, chickens, turkeys, uh, guineas. I think we had some Japanese. Yeah, that was when we had the Japanese, the little dinky things. Yep. Um, When we were raising them in our incubator by the hundreds. Plus, my wife was homeschooling and it was just one too many things. 
Now, whether you're intrigued by this beautiful bird too, or plan to add some exotic fowl to your flock, I hope this episode encourages you to expand your poultry types. And with that, we thank you for listening to The Coop. Be sure to subscribe. And if you'd be so kind, drop us a review. See you all next week. Bye.